Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. everybody, welcome to That's Not Metal, your weekly rock and heavy metal podcast, and welcome to another edition of Hyperblasts, where we come at the week's news in bite-sized fashion. My name is Perrin Hayish, Elliot is, I'm going to assume as we speak, in a queue at download, everyone else <laughs> seems to be, uh, but Sam Dignon is back, and after everything that you got up to in your time away, you came back and West Ham won the European Trophy as well, how lovely um, for you. <laughs> buzzing off that from last night, honestly, <laughs> like, being a West Ham fan is not easy, I'll tell you that, like... This club, like, they, 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 it's highs and lows of West Ham, mostly lows, like, <clears throat> or middles. But um, <laughs> somehow <clears throat> we have gone and won a European trophy up the irons. <laughs> there you go. I'll hold you to that when we're talking about fucking the final frontier or whatever, whenever we get around to uh, talking about the Iron Man <laughs> special, whatever that appears. Um, but you were away, first at Slam yes. Dunk Festival, and then up to Edinburgh to see Bruce Springsteen, which I'm sure you're going to want to go off about in just a second. Uh, I got to see one of the bills of the year with Carcass bringing along Unto Others and Conjurer on their first UK club tour since the 90s, which was bananas. Um, the Liverpool date obviously was a hometown show for Carcass as well, which was particularly special to be at, which they hadn't actually played a show like that since the Heartwork tour. And they brought Bill Steer's mum out and everything. And it was all a really nice time. <laughs> the two support acts were, you know, both fascinating for how kind of like utterly different the sounds and vibes were for like such a top to bottom stacked bill, but nothing remotely similar, really. Conjurer, I love how they just bully crowds into submission. Like, Every time. Yeah, like, I've got to say, like, they've just recently come back from a US tour with Kenneth as well. And I was seeing, like, some of my American, you know, mutuals getting to see Kundra and being like, oh my fucking God, Kundra, like, the best live metal band in the world. Imagine having to play after that and all this kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, we're quite lucky to just have them here opening bills like this and to be able to see, you know, the carnage that happens during Hadal, the sheer force of throat when Dan comes to the front of the stage, sounds Mike and just, you know, bellows. Um, that bit is always amazing. Yeah, like, in a support slot, they are still quite leaning heavily on the uh, the Maya stuff, but they opened with Suffer Alone, which was like a jump scare, so that was good. Um, unto others, meanwhile, they keep touring with extreme metal bands when there's a sense that, like, half the people there are confused as to why the fuck someone's singing at them, the audacity, and, and going, Hurr! but, you know, scared of a little bit of melody. Some, there's some definite head shakers and skeptics, but equally a gaggle of people up the front going mental for like heroin and nightfall, you know, great songs, great showmanship, tweaking the set list just a little bit every time they come over here. After download, which they got added last minute to along with Creeper, uh they're off to record a new album. And then I very much hope that the next time they come over here will be another headline tour because I would love to see some, you know, Strength Side B stuff, which they just released as well, on top of of course any new material they have that's out by then. Sam, festival wise We've got a bunch of problems that we need to talk about. So first, why yeah, don't you take so... a moment to talk about the boss? Right. So yeah, um, 
Springsteen obviously is one of my like most inspired. I've been looking forward to this gig for ages, and this is why I've not done like a lot of festivals because I was like, I'm not missing the next Springsteen tour. So um, couldn't get tickets for London. They they flew out. So I was like, well, let's get a ticket for Edinburgh and go up a trek up there because that's how much I was like, I need to see Springsteen on stage at seven, no supports, three hour <laughs> set, like this, like, and it was just incredible. Like he's 73 and he has more like charisma and just like rock star stage presence than bands who collectively don't reach his age in terms of just like the energy and enthusiasm he kind of exudes. It is insane how he can keep going that long. Like even after a couple of days before when he had a tumble on stage and kind of like carried on, like he's just the most like incredible showman I've ever seen just as like a performer. Setlist wise, like they're coming on opening with no surrender. And just, I was like, from the moment they opened with that, like absolute banger, I was completely sold on it from the moment go. Every member is like huge band of like 12, 13 musicians on stage with him, like each coming out individually at the start to kind of like get their moment. As a three hour set, you would expect there is going to be a little bit of filler in the middle where they kind of get into like a slight sort of like jam session thing with someone like the more kind of like let the band have the moments. And I've discovered Springsteen gets away with things I would not let other bands not as get away with because I was totally in on the band having their jam session. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you go and have your keyboard solo. Rock out on that <laughs> keyboard, mate. Like, let's go. Because at the same time, Springsteen is so enthusiastic in him encouraging the band to kind of like play. Um, he's still like in the first half, still dropping hits like The Promised Land and just um, stuff of his most recent album, Ghosts. Um, that, that, that was incredible. It was like track two. Like, um, Really just awesome set list. The back half of the set list, though, which was when it got really sort of spectacular, where it was just... I saw, like, like the, the, uh, the, the the fucking, like, nine-song encore or whatever it was, and it was yeah. like, Again, even that's I know thing. most like, of those I, I think, <laughs> I think like, two, bands doing more than two songs in encore, you're pushing it. Nah, Springsteen, do your seventh-song encore, mate. Do it. Some people are going, yeah. Like, when, you, when you're opening your encore with uh, Born in the USA and then going straight into Born to Run, it's the best moment of my life. Like, <laughs> the, the, the second half of the set list was... Genuinely, like the final 90 minutes was the best thing I've ever seen live. I, I can honestly say that. It was completely just... Uh, I was with uh, Mark as well, um, yeah. was with me for that. And the two of us were just like happy, dancing, singing. It was genuinely incredible. And like that he ends it after doing like the most like raucous version of 10th Avenue Freeze Out, or, like giving the entire band their introductions. Ends it with him, just him with an acoustic guitar doing a song off the latest album not not the covers album the one the last original album and this and how he can make this huge stadium show feel really intimate when he's doing a moment like that and kind of having connected with members of the crowd and i was quite far back but it still felt like i it didn't feel like i was you know way off in the distance watching his tiny little speck i could feel his performance his kind of like connection with the crowd and it was really like impressive in that way and felt like he genuinely clearly still loves doing this and is going to carry on doing it until he can't but i was so glad I got I've been able to finally get to see it my dad who is like the reason I like Springsteen was getting competitive with me about so oh I've seen him twice and oh I've seen him play the river in fall I was like yes dad we bought you tickets to that one you don't need to you know remind me but yeah just one of the best no probably the best show I've ever seen just in terms of like no the no no even stage show the stage show is him and the band performing and they are just so engaging and, and it just just absolutely incredible for three hours. I wasn't bored for a second. Love that. Love to hear that. Slam Dunk. We're going to be kind of, you know, it's not. we're not doing a Slam Dunk review episode. We'll be brief through it. Um, very quickly, let's say top five sets. What were the best things you saw at Slam Dunk in brief? 
Best thing to watch. Oh, it's quite. Um, uh, and do you know what we'll start with? Number five, Scene Queen. <laughs> it felt like, like everyone. I can't remember who was on at the same time as them, but it felt like, from what I saw, everyone went to go see Scene Queen, and whoever was on at the same time struggled. Look, what I will say is there's a couple of little kinks she needs to work out as a live act. There's a bit too much reliance on backing tracks. She's only got a drummer and a guitarist. Yeah. But she's also still only got two EPs, and it's a very kind of new act. But I like. Her as a performer, her stage presence, her charisma again, so engaging, like, so charming. Uh, during 18 plus on the, the, the following allegations, against remember, bleep, 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 the crowd shouted out the band name and you could, like, quite audibly hear it. And that was a, a fun moment. But yeah, Scene Queen was fantastic. Did um, see that. Creeper, like, of course, Creeper, nice. um, just absolutely incredible. Um, bit of an odd set list, but at the same time, Cry to Heaven, which, you know, like, you were both raving about on the review show last week yeah. uh that live absolutely incredible um they are now like i say in their cool 80s vampire era where they're all in leather jackets like strutting about the stage proper rock star shit um i don't want to say this was one of the biggest surprise but four years strong were absolutely incredible as well this was when i had this nice. run of like um four years strong straight to the menzingers but yeah four years strong were awesome like I've been waiting a while to see them again since they that last album really kind of got me back on board with like loving what they're doing and they just came in and it was just so like catchy and euphoric but mean and like hefty at the same time which I think is one of the things that has always been great about For You Strong is they are like an actual heavy pop punk band the new song sounded great the hits off of like the early albums sounded awesome that was typically brilliant um, Yellow Card playing Ocean Avenue uh, was great but um my number two set of the day, I just want to give a quick shout because Yellow Cup Placing Avenue was incredible. Enter Shikari as a headliner was just euphoric in terms of like, I was with my mates, we were just having the time of our lives, singing along, dancing, watching the spectacle that Shikari were putting on. Uh, Kiss for the whole world, please set me on fire. They sound incredible live. Uh, Bloodshock, so quite a bit of new stuff. Um, Still, you know, dropping Labyrinth and anything can happen off of Take the Skies. A real nice career spanning set list. The only thing that kind of got Shortchanged a bit was the spark, um, but they were incredible. But does that mean does that me. mean number one is Kids in Glass Houses? <laughs> no, I didn't see Kids in Glass Houses Woo! because they clashed with my number one pick, okay. which is my favourite band, which is the Men's. Oh right, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like um, I, I, it was one of those where I was like, I could watch fifteen minutes of Kids in Glass Houses, and then have to go the entire length of the festival site, squeeze into the tent. That's a real pain in the ass to get into, which we will probably covering some of the, the logistic problems that Slam Dunk have kind of endured. Or I could go watch Four Year Strong straight into the Menzingers without a break in the tent and I was just like, I'm just going to go do that. And uh, the Menzingers were the best band at the festival because the Menzingers came on and played the Menzingers songs. <laughs> like, they, they, they can't really say much else um, apart from they played a brand new song which sounded amazing. Nice. Uh, so that, that they, the album is done from the sounds of things and we should probably be hearing more from it soon. But yeah. Just the best songs. They are just the coolest band. Uh, Menzinger's awesome. There you go. And I'm very glad to hear, you know, that thing, because that gives a that gives a positive impression of the day, right? Like, there were awesome bands, awesome Ooh. sets were played, um, uh, you know, memories were forged, all that good stuff you want from a festival. However, I, again, I was not at Slam Dunk. Um, my, my, my girlfriend was at Slam Dunk. She went to Slam Dunk North, which I have gathered is even worse than what you may have North seen. sounded way um, worse than what, like, yeah. Slam Dunk, again, as an outsider, just going off what I saw online, what I heard from her, etc. Slam Dunk a couple of weeks ago was marred by, I think, the most volatile reaction to a festival that I have personally 
ever seen in the rock scene in the UK. Like, I don't remember anything. Like the I was getting shit for saying I enjoyed it. People were giving me a bit of stick for saying I had a good time. Yeah, right? like, I don't remember seeing anything like the uproar that we saw around Slam Dunk um, a couple of weeks ago. And now, as we are talking about this, we're currently seeing it happen again with the download car parking situation. Car park seems the, to be the consistent, uh, like, yeah, who, the real consistent who thing. Who called that being the fucking theme of the summer, being inadequate car, punk, uh, car parking? Um, quickly on the download front, again, this is happening as we are speaking, so we will yet see how it turns out. Um, you've got to imagine that at least part of it is due to the, the extra day on download and maybe a sense that obviously yesterday as we're recording this was Wednesday. Everyone turning up for that as opposed to well, kind of it, half like, the people. Download normally, you know, half turn up on Wednesday, half turn up on Thursday. Festival kicks off Friday, so it's kind of split. Whereas this year, uh, there's still obviously been a split of people turning up on the Wednesday and, and the Thursday, but I imagine far more people turning up on the the one day has meant that that day was yeah. Real, like, but then we're also seeing. Um, I've seen a lot of people again. It, this is happening at the moment, so we'll see how the dust settles. But I'm just kind of you know, it's 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 rooting through the fucking the 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 tweets that are getting out there of what's going on. A lot of people talking about um the like you know being directed to various car parks, being told to follow signs, but the signs aren't there or you know mm. not well um you know uh, <laughs> signed themselves or whatever. Um, so people are just driving around for ages, getting lost. Uh, we also heard from Elliot who said that uh, a number of the people who come to the festival with um, have been unable to have their wristbands scanned because of a lack of Wi-Fi on the site, which I'm presuming means the scanner's going down. Again, I don't exactly know what is going on. We will hear from some of these things when we go to talk about Download Festival after the event. Um, but it's, it's very fucking weird to see, again, like two weeks apart, these repeated things suddenly I mean, happening. But Like, I can't, like, say to her, but... From my experience, Slamdunk South was the online reaction, apart from the car park, was exaggerated. On site, with the exception of trying to get in and out of the Kerrang tent, because they only had one side of this tent open and it was yeah. one of the alternating stages, that was a real choke point. And the food vendors, depending on the time of day you went, they were they were long queues. But I, again, I, my thing was, I, was like, I don't see how me and all my friends were collectively so lucky that we all managed to avoid queuing more than a couple of minutes for water not queuing for a beer queuing 20 minutes tops for food like i i i there were i think there were people who just using a little bit of initiative you could have avoided the worst of these festival problems like not using the toilets and the water right by the main stage where it's the busiest going to one of the ones on the other side um again at north from the sounds of things north was a complete well, yes, the, the but... car parking situation, I think, certainly, even at South, sounded like it was... Yeah, that's a... the one that was like, I'm not going to defend. Yeah, uh, which I, I, I don't imagine you will have dri- driven there. I got so, the train, because, yeah, like, like, yeah, I had no trouble with the train. By, by the sound of it, there were issues with um, people, essentially, they, they kind of let everyone into the general car parks, meaning that people who had paid for uh, specific allocated so parking... At South, they were allowing people to pay on the day. Yeah, and that, so, and that seemed yeah. like... And, you know, again, um, it's, it, I saw a lot of people who feel like they've just kind of gave up and turned away. Because if you're circling around a car park for fucking five hours, like, um, mm. missing most of what you want to see, that's not good, you know, at, at all. Um, as said, again, I can't speak to either of these things. South, that which happened the day before, didn't it? So South happened, yeah. and there were there was talk online of like, oh, this isn't going well, right? And then North happened, and it fucking doubled, right? And so... Yeah. 
um, it seems like that was both a build-up of the kind of just the the feeling around it and also the fact that North seemed to have double the problems from it. The food cues, by the sounds of it, at North were fucking serious. And the, the, Yeah, that, that, again, that, that sounds like that was really... Yeah, bad. and I, there was a picture of kind of... It, the, the food stalls seemed to be all kind of a similar kind of almost like marketplace area. And there was a picture that someone had taken uh, of just like kind of a sea of heads. And it looked like the photos of like the mal outside Buckingham Palace for the coronation. It was fu- like there was no clear like cues of like where, you know, if you're queuing for, let's say, this burger van, whatever you go in this one, it just looked like a, a, a mass of, of people with no kind of organization. And uh, it looked like something I'm going to heard as well that it's like almost feels like you could get crushed in there. Um, and did not look good at all my girlfriend also again her particular anecdote of like everyone has their one story of the thing that happened closest to them whatever she said she was queuing for food uh and she was queuing for a long time going up to uh this one particular stand and the person behind her the one of the security guards or whatever came over and said oh you are um essentially like the cutoff point uh no (laughs) one who is like after you is going to get food because it, the the um the the transactions on the card machines had reached like a maximum amount it was like we can't process any more transactions so if you were behind essentially my girlfriend in this queue for this stand and you've been queuing there for god knows how fucking long you know half an hour whatever it might be you could be queuing there for that whole time and then be told oh actually you can't come and get this food and then you'll have to go and queue somewhere else for more time you know um fucking you know ridiculous state of affairs the urinals apparently burst and it was like a river of piss going through like it seemed it seemed like carnage yeah north, like like i said north and the sound of things did seem like a lot of the complaints were very legit and it sounded like it was a real a, a mess south i can honestly just go from my own experience it was not wasn't perfect there were definite problems but i think i don't know if this is some people have like this is their first time leaving the house in like two years to go to a big event and they've just kind of not taken the time to plan things out properly i i, I don't know but self was yeah as bad as something yeah i'm, I'm not going to dismiss again because that, the, the, the there is very much the possibility that people experience things just kind of out of you know your peripheral view but like it seemed like south had mild problems and then north had serious problems and yeah, you know, we had a question yeah. um today about yeah. whether this is like poor event organization or if it is as you say the adjusted expectations of festival goers kind of post pandemic you know not having this for a while but I, we've had a couple summers now with festivals coming back and nothing like this has happened in terms of the backlash to a single event. We didn't have anything like this to this scale in 2021 or 2022. So it feels like, you know, there's no smoke without fire. And the, the you know, the, the statement that they made, first of all, of being like, you know, we acknowledge our problems and so on, everyone just fucking like <laughs> went insane on it and like threw it right back out them and then they had to open up like a feedback survey of essentially complaints which again i've not seen a festival in our you know sort of sphere um doing it seems I mean, fucking again I've, I've never seen anything quite like it well like with the whole that their statement I'm like what else were people expecting slam dunk to say other than like we we you know we were told we were up to standards we weren't over capacity and all that if that's what they've been told that's what they've been told and they like and they I think people wanted to be told they're getting a refund. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're someone who fucking got stuck in a car park for six hours, maybe you you probably should be entitled to a refund, you know? Yeah, I know, no, I agree with that. But there was just, there's some weird things. I I think part of it, I think, is, you know, these festivals are probably trying to cut costs and find little, like, shortcuts where they can cut costs a little bit. And they were also downloading Slam Dunk. This is the first time 
they've been sold out like uh like in god knows how long right. like, slam look at the new sites it's the first time they've ever been sold out so that's more people than ever download is obviously completely sold out and i can't remember the last time i saw that happen so that's the volume of people that they're dealing with uh, i i like i think it is it is somewhere in the middle of the the, the festival organization they are definitely slipping up somewhere i don't know if it's where they've been cutting costs or just genuine just out of the blue mishaps who knows but um yeah i think some people might, might just need to like i think some people are just not expect not planning things out maybe or like if everyone's going to the same place at you know the peak time that's going to be busier but yeah i, th- I can't say, i think yeah. it's early days for download right now i do hope that after this initial rush that we've seen it clears up and people are able to have a great rest of their weekend i mean download might be lucky in that it's all happened on the day where there's no bands and people have just been sat in a car for that yeah I mean, I mean it's still happening again it's still been happening today as we've been talking about it the download twitter account has been constantly updating with travel information and stuff i hope people are able to get into for, for metallica tonight right again we'll hear back about this um slam dunk I think a, a lot of people aren't going to go back, right? Like they've had the, it, it particular. I, I I think people will. I think people will all talk and they'll go back. It depends what the lineup is. Next I, year. Certainly, there were some people. I think if you know, particularly maybe if they went to North and it was particularly serious or whatever, like and that was their experience. Um, I, so I, I think you know, whether some of it exaggeration, I still think that there are clear issues that Sam Slam Dunk need to address if they're going to, yeah, no, you know, kind of improve the thing going forward. So. That's the events of the last couple of weekends, I suppose. Again, we'll see uh, what goes down with download. News proper starts with something that is very, very bizarre. It's whatever the hell is going on with Slipknot right now. Because, I mean, this almost seems like something that we're, like, we're almost recording a day too early for to truly... We're talking about developing stories. Yeah, but like... Happening. So the first thing that happened is that uh, Clown announced that he wasn't going to be uh, part of this European tour that is currently happening as we speak because he's staying at home in order to uh, care for some sick family. And that is, you know, it's not it's not a band-shaking announcement, right? Like, obviously, we it, it's completely understandable. We absolutely, you know... Personal lives come first. Yeah, obviously, we, we, we absolutely wish our best to, to, to Sean and, you know, the surrounding Korean family and, and, and so on. But... You imagine, you know, when it comes around to Slipknot doing new music, whatever, eventually he's going to return to the band. This isn't a long-term kind of issue for for the future of the band. Uh, The next day, as far as I can tell, they announced in a very sudden, very short, very lacking in... Lunch to the point. Yeah, Yeah, lacking in information statement, announced that Craig Jones... The uh, the long time sampling member of Slipknot, Pinhead himself, uh, is parting ways with the band. Um, he is an original member. He's been in the band for I think twenty seven years. Was the stat I saw earlier? Uh, one of you know the handful of original members who were there going back. Which you got to remember, like it's even Jim Root isn't technically an original member. Even Corey Taylor isn't technically an, uh, an mm. original member. Like Craig, I think you know probably played on Mate Feed Kill Repeat. That's how far back we are we are going with this and. Out of nowhere, this statement that doesn't say anything. It was just, we've parted away with Craig Jones. In a way that was so sudden. And you've got to remember, this European tour is happening now. They played their first show yesterday. This statement came out hours before they played the first show of the European festival run. Extremely fucking bizarre. You would expect that to happen, you know, beforehand. Before the tour takes off, And again, we're going to talk about what this might mean for Slipknot, whatever, in terms of losing Craig Jones or whatever in a second. But the story doesn't stop there, because then, even stranger, that statement was then deleted from all the social media pages. It just vanished. And everything that we saw for just 
yeah, we're partnering with Craig Jones, was no longer there anymore. But then what they uploaded in its place was a photograph of a new masked member. What the fuck does any of this mean? I, I, I have no idea. It has been a weird, turbulent time for Slipknot. Like, I mean, I mean, they're a band who are no strangers to, you know, like, turbulent kind of, like, moments in their career. But this one just feels so bizarre in how it's all playing out without any explanation right in the middle of like or right at the start of a european tour that's kicking off as it's going you know it's not even like the build-up to the tour you know they're rolling out they they, they played the show yesterday the day they made the announcement they're playing download on what sunday is it saturday or sunday uh Um, sunday and so i mean obviously Clown not being there um, for this particular term, tour. Again, completely understandable. We hope to see him return in future. But it, it would be, I guess, he is such a huge part of the live show. You can't imagine him not hitting the keg on one side of, of the stage. Mm. It will be fascinating to see uh, who they have, I guess, in his place, whether that percussionist slot is filled or whatever, kind of um, when it comes to, again, the download experience and everything. Um, but Craig Jones, I mean, the, the very sudden nature, you would imagine that he would have been on this tour until... I don't know, again, but like, if anyone has footage or whatever of last night's show, again, it's, it feels like we're very early days in terms of actually being able to make a judgment on this. We're waiting to see if there'll be footage come out of these shows or to see if they've got behind them because the fact that it happened so, like, again, hours, minutes even, close to a tour beginning mm. is the most strange thing about this. But then also the fact that they deleted the statement, um, showed a new member, but after deleting the statement... It, it this this is stranger than when you know just Chris was out of the band or Jerry was out of the band or whatever because at least that felt like a um, like a not on the fly decision, right? Yeah, that felt like you know this has been just discussed with whatever. Yeah, they've parted ways. This is now just kind of like like I say minutes as, as shocking, close as you but you be can to, trust the information you're given, which I don't know what the fuck we're doing right now. Yeah, like again, like I feel like maybe tomorrow we'll know more. Like. Who knows? There, there is obviously other bits of this puzzle coming out as and as and when it develops. Like there might, as we're recording this right now, we might come off and find out there's even more shocking surprise news. But um, the 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 departure of Craig Jones is just the weirdest part of it because it just like it was just so blunt in the statement. There was no elaboration. Yeah. At all. So I I almost don't want to comment too heavily because we have so little information in terms of. If he is at the band, which again I don't, I don't entirely trust. I don't know if he is at the moment because the statement was deleted. But if he is at the band, that is another one of the original nine gone. Uh, it is someone who I think more so perhaps than when Chris Fenn was at the band. Uh, this is someone who you detect their presence quite heavily on the recorded output of at- visually as well. Just he's got one of the most sure, yeah. But I mean that's that's similar masks. to Chris. I mean more like again, particularly like the last couple of Slipknot albums. It feels like we've spoken about the input of like Craig and Sid, the electronic, yeah, yeah quite a lot. Particularly again on like the you know the, the the last record and some of the kind of moodiest things that they were doing there and so on. Um, it's it's not like a a singer right where there is like the most detectable obvious voice. Where if if that's changed, it's a very very obvious thing that maybe what Craig Jones does they can find someone of a similar talent to do uh, without too much kind of fanfare but it's certainly like his contributions to Slipknot material should not be overlooked even if he's always been probably the most anonymous member of of, of Slipknot and if they 
weren't too like if this was just to be a kind of like you know we just strip that element out of the sound you would certainly notice it and i wouldn't expect them to do that for that reason but um certainly musically it feels like it's a departure that it's an it's a space that needs to be filled right else you're gonna yeah else absolutely you're gonna notice it. yeah but god knows what's going on in terms of the reasoning for this what's happening with it again um news to come it was a very very bizarre thing and that's also not it with the slip of information and the fact that i suppose they're doing this simultaneously with the craig jones kind of announcement just makes it all feel bizarre but uh again within fucking you know hours of, of all that going down they were had launched a new teaser website which was kind of teasing um a has, has a video on it um i have seen things floating around the internet that suggest there is going to be an ep Dropping, That's what I've seen, yeah, yeah. Dropping tonight at midnight. I have seen the Adderall EP, which contains kind of uh, tracks and, you know, deconstructed elements and stuff from the song Adderall, which is hilarious because I love Adderall, right? Like, I think it's a great song. I thought it was pressing play on that Slipknot album and being greeted with that was one of the most, like, surprising and engaging kind of moments from a large band like that that we've had in the mm. last couple of years. And I think it's a really great song. Um, but it's... Every all the backlash that had uh, happened around that last Slipknot album, Adderall was the poster child song for it, right? Like it was the most different <laughs> yeah. song on the album, and it was literally the first thing you heard when you press play. And people fucking threw their toys out the pram about Adderall, and I think it's so funny, particularly when again we've been discussing um, the the strange stability of their set list and the fact that they haven't actually been playing very much of that album at all despite the fact they were really talking the talk in interviews of like we love this album we don't care what anyone else thinks or whatever but they weren't representing it necessarily to then suddenly do this switch around again and release a ep based around the most hated song of the album if that is indeed what this turns out to be come tomorrow yeah like i just again like i'm down for that i think um Take do what is creatively fulfilling for you, but it is just like I say, it's turbulent in a way that you don't often like see for a big band so publicly in a way that where like again they like the you know the album gets a bit of a kick in they 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 back it up but then it's not in the live sets but now they're they're pushing the the most sort of left field track on there I, I I'm again I find difficult things to say about this because I'm like I don't know what's actually coming from it we'll see tomorrow i guess we'll more on this next week yeah i mean i guess for me again i want to see some footage of the shows that are happening this week to see what's going on um with you know who is in clown's place for this but also what's happening with craig i want to see if there's any fucking developments on why this statement was taken down all of this kind of stuff it's so up in the air at the moment i guess just in the kind of um the long term if craig is gone that is something that needs to be addressed and i guess want to throw to you one last time before we move on about what do you think about some of the backlash that we've seen to... I saw you commenting on it earlier online about kind of, um, I guess, Slipknot and some of the turmoil that they've had. I, I'm just... I'm like, I know the last time was divisive, but I don't... When I'm seeing a remarkable amount of Slipknot should just call it a day because of like they've lost so many members now. I mean, two of those members have died. Like, you can't really like, you know... I know Joe was obviously out of the band before that, but they, 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 this is still, you know... That that happens. I don't see why. Like to me, I was I kind of jokingly made a remark. It was it the Corey Taylor solo record that has just done that much damage to their <laughs> reputation? Because like that was bad. But like I still think that last album is the most interesting move they've made in a good while because it was just different. But 
Yeah, like, I understand, you know, when this is a band, you know, the nine, that was, like, the thing for so long. Yeah. When that is down to the five, like, I can understand why people might be a bit like, well, it, like, feel a bit touchy about it. But I don't see why some haven't earned, you know, at least some degree of trust. And again, like, you look at the set list. I'm not going to go into the spoilers of the set list, but the set list they pulled out at this, sh- this first show back. Yeah, I should say, when we were talking some- about stability, the one they did play yesterday was fucking awesome. The set list they like pulled out is fucking amazing right now. So like, if, if you, like when we're talking about you know someone who can often play a bit safe for their set lists, they're doing that. I'm like that's really cool. So I I I'm willing to give simply you know I think they have earned the trust to be like to weather out again turbulent periods where they can then come back and still do something really impressive. I don't I I've not got my knives out for them in the slices like I've seen a lot of people do just because members are leaving. You know that happens with a lot of bands and. Some bands, you know, carry on stronger. Some bands, it does make a big creative like difference. I guess it will, we'll see what the next sort of thing comes from. Whether this this like lineup change has a big impact. But yeah, I, I I'm I, I'm a bit baffled by the amount of like venom and backlash at Slipknot at the moment. Yeah, we'll uh, t- pick up on this a little bit later because we got a question. But um, some other band's departures, I guess, that have happened uh, at the moment. Um, Rob Caggiano is out of Volbeat. He's been there for 10 years, and I, you know he tends to drift. He's sure will be back with, with mm. someone soon, but uh, you know, notable there. They are a big band. Um, In Flames bassist has left, and this is mental. Liam Wilson, formerly of the Dillinger Escape Plan, is filling in for them on bass live on this uh, summer run, which... I like in flames. I might inject some energy into them. Yeah, but like, imagine like, he can sleepwalk this, right? Like, holy yeah. shit. Uh, and also, something that I've literally just seen that's come through like since we started recording is that um, Derek Grant has left the Alkaline Trio, um, the founding drummer, I believe. Um, Didn't I, that, yeah, that is news to me. Yeah, like, again, I... it's literally, I'm looking at this now. It's happened while we're recording. Um, he's talking about the the demand of being in a touring band uh, and just wanted to take a step back, uh, step back for his mental health and everything. Um, Presumed to be the family again. Um, very, very kind of uh, on on the fly news there. But uh, yeah, that is, that is notable. Um, I suppose we'll you know we'll see what happens with the Alkaline Trio, who are currently down to an Alkaline Duo uh, going forward. Let's talk about some music. Uh, Teenage Wrist have announced their new album. This is, I think, the most exciting one this week. Teenage Wrist's album is going to be out on, I believe, August the 4th. Uh, and they've released a song from it. They've been releasing a few singles, right? This is, like, I think, the third yeah. single from it. I, I hadn't like... been listening to any of the others because there was no album announcement or anything, but I did listen to this one. Kind of impressions up, uh, to date of what Teenage Rest, uh, Teenage Rest have been putting out there? Yeah, no, they, they've been... I don't know if I've loved any of these singles as much as I love that last album right now because I mean, that, yeah. that last album was so good. But, you know, it's still more quality music from Teenage Rest. I think this, the latest single... It's probably the most impressive. I, I really, this like, new song, Still Love, I really like. I think it's got yeah. a great use of texture. Like The guitars sound really yeah, strong. Totally. And powerful vocals as well, which is something that a lot of these bands don't really have. So I, I, this is a good song. And it's a nice contrast with... I'm not super familiar with Soft Cult, who are the guest, guest first, sort yeah. thing on it. But like, it's a nice contrast between him having the more power vocal and then her vocals being a lot more sort of wistful and dreamy. It's a nice kind of mesh between the two. But yeah, like really luscious dreamy like typical thing you'd expect from teenage wrist i'm i it's definitely kind of put me on like yeah the second half of this year is shaping up nicely for my sort of albums right now yeah that is exciting ithaca have announced their first u.s 
tour. It's quite brilliantly called the Y'all Fear Us tour, and the poster has uh, a large orange cowboy hat photoshopped onto uh, Jim Miller in the dress. Um, if you are one of our American listeners and you've been waiting to see Ithaca since the release of They Fear Us, or if you've never listened to them, you should go and see them anyway because they're bloody brilliant. Um, I look forward to the video of them playing the St. Vitus in NYC. Looks fucking great. And also over here, this is awesome. Municipal Waste. This is a good time. Yeah, have announced a UK and Ireland headlining tour, and they are bringing along Gel and Undeath, which is for a mixed bill of like you know three different kind of bands there. But what a fucking night out! What a party! Yeah, like legitimately, like you got a real kind of like hardcore punk, scrappy sort of like minute long songs. You got Undeath, are one of the best kind of new. Yeah, death metal and should be said as well, then... Undeath are probably the most fun live band of the current crop of death metal like they just have yeah, the, they seem like the ones who've got the fun vibes. they have the best vibe so it'll be perfect for for that yeah i imagine like joe i've not i've not trusted about they've had unfortunately had to pull out of outbreak yeah well here's, here's your kind of, chance to do it here's my chance to see him so yeah and then and then municipal waste too again i've seen municipal waste like I, I i mentioned this when i saw them with great you just need to see him every now and then just to top <laughs> yeah. up on that like i'll take a headline so i haven't seen a headline in fucking forever yeah, yeah no but i've not even i'm like that, them headline with this sort of support build, that's really just a good time. And I, I'm so down to go and just headbang, stomp about and have a, have a party. Yeah, and I'm, it's not a surprise either, but good on Municipal Waste for bringing out some really, like, you know, exciting, contemporary... Young bands, yeah. Um, bands who are obviously, you know, not too long ago, that would have been them in those kind of positions. But, like, they're, you know, they know what to do. That sounds like a fucking great time. Uh, and then the last piece of news I want to talk about is the, the news that the Iron Sheik passed away which is obviously wrestling news rather than yes yeah. rock and metal news but people may remember um possibly my favorite news story of the time that i've been doing tnm was the time when shaggy two dope of insane clown posse drop kicked and <laughs> drop ran on stage and drop kicked someone in limp biscuit while they were playing and it ignited a feud a feud which you may remember was solved and the the the, the piece was made by none other than the iron sheik with a tweet which read, The Shaggy 2 Dope, you are a good man, but your dropkick is fucking drizzling shits. Even worse than the Brian Blair. Also, DJ Lethal is my brother. I don't like to see my brothers fight Bubba. So, as someone who knows nothing about wrestling, the Iron Sheik is someone whose presence I always... He's an incredible character. Enjoyed. Um, all I'll just say is, fuck Hulk Hogan. Fuck the Hulk like, Hogan. Uh, fuck the Hulk Hogan. He's a jabroni. I even made him get Ebola, uh, is a video I seen to remember. So, yeah, you know, a, an incredible character who sometimes crossed over into the worlds of rock and metal. Um, drizzling shits forever. Rest in peace, the Iron Sheik. Questions. Alex Atherton kicks us off saying, inspired by listening to the Oathbreaker special and discovering Eros and Teros, what are the great Lost Predecessor albums? I'm talking about the albums before the classic, which may be almost as good, but now get overlooked. Uh, Power Metal by Pantera. No, I'm, I'm joking, although I do <laughs> enjoy that album. Um, I mean, I'd throw Maelstrom into this as well. Like I said, it's almost like Maelstrom to, is almost to Eros and Teros, what Eros and Teros is to Rhea, where it's like right. they had a habit of releasing albums that immediately made their last really great album be kind of unfairly forgotten. Um, thinking about other specials we've done, like... Portrait of the Goddess by Bleeding Through, uh, Greatest Love Song 666, maybe the self-titled Kill Switch Engage a little bit. Uh, I think Stack Prevails by Jimmy Eat World before like the they began Sadly, their real yeah. run was one that we really went hard I on in that thinking, regard. Um, similar thing, but Chaos Sphere in a way, like oh, kind of like I don't know if that like again I I'm not stupid in Michigan, but I feel like that's kind of like the last of like the the earlier Michigan rounds before they they're they're can't remember what seems like sure. real classics, but like it'd be more, it'd be more like contradictions collapse, which is I I, I, I like, like it. It's not 
anywhere near as good as like you know the mm. six and the sugar records that follow it but like i mean the big one that immediately sprung to mind for me is daybreaker by I, I was going to question them about that. i was going to be like would you put daybreaker into this camp i would absolutely put Day- daybreaker into this category because like that was you know after after the the trouble that was the here and now daybreaker was the kind of like the album that was it was because it's like oh you know they, they're doing what they're good at again they're back staying the ship a little bit but i think you know the album's got these colors don't run on it yeah and that's that was far Ireland, away the standout alfro uh, like alfro omega but i think there's like a load of really cool stuff on that record that that gets overlooked and then um lost Travel lost together was kind of like the start of the the classic architects run that is that we know and love today but yeah i, I think daybreak is definitely one and the only other one that kind of sprung to mind which again maybe because it's sandwiched between two absolute like 10 10 classics but rented world by the menzingers i think is a kind okay. of like a bit like yeah people don't actually people forget how good that album is that no I, I i agree i think I, I was thinking about there are a bunch of albums that you can always have as like sandwich albums right like yeah. not quite this question but things that are sandwiched between two like huge records like that one is that maybe don't get quite get that love i think that would be a good example of, of that for sure um the two big ones that came to mind for me for this is uh, one is Still Life by Opeth, which is my favourite Opeth album. I think I've said on that one here many times, but that comes right before Blackwater Park, which itself then leads on to, you know, Deliverance and Damnation and, and Ghost Reveries and everything. That's like the real classic Opeth run that everyone talks about, but Still Life comes in right before Blackwater Park and for me is the, the one. Uh, and really, The Link by Gajira which is released yeah, actually, huge shout. before from Mars to Sirius. I mean, Terror Incognita is a really great record as well, but The Link, I fucking love. And it's so blisteringly heavy, but so awesome and intricate in, uh, and, you know, only something Gojira could have made. Um, I like it probably, I mean, certainly more than Fortitude, perhaps on a similar level, if not slightly more than, than, than Magma. Like, I think that particular record, I love, I would love to then put more stuff from it back in the set list, you know, bring Indians back, do the full song of Remembrance, not just the little breakdown at the end, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. That for me is definitely um, one of my number one shouts for this. Um, the Harvest Floor by Cattle Decapitation, which comes before Monolith and Humanity, which then starts kind of, you know, the real, the classic cattle run. Yeah, I, I, Monolith and Humanity is where I kind of check in. With yeah, like The Harvest Floor so. um, is an amazing record. And it's it's more than, you know, humanure kind of, you know, <laughs> slop or whatever, which I, I love that as well. But The Harvest Floor, I think, is a really brilliant, underrated record. Um, Manifest Decimation definitely set some of the stage for Nightmare Logic and kind of probably deserves a little bit more kind of yeah. love in hindsight. Um I mean, I said that I am king. Like, I, like yeah, but again, a little like, bit. I think. I mean, I can't, we kind of drew that thing with Eros and Teros, and yeah. like I kind of compared it to Eros and Teros on that special. I think um, Showbiz by Muse is like a fucking unbelievable, like slightly progressive alternative rock album that comes before you know Origin Symmetry and and the rest. Yeah, um, no, I think you're right there. I think one of the big ones which the world kind of collectively came around on is Soulside Journey by Dark Throne, which is kind of the the lost death metal album before they turned into a black metal album and started what people know them for but then you know years later people were like hang on that one death metal album they released was brilliant um elliot's not here to say in casino out um so i'll say that for him um, uh, I, should, I should say that uh, i love it yeah and it, i mean i know relationship of command is one of my favorite albums ever but yeah, yeah i think it was, we, we did the refused album club as well which was a similar deal was like not that anyone's arguing that's as good as shape of punk to come but you know interesting conversation to be had um I mean, there's loads I could throw out. I mean, like my favorite Halloween album has probably always been Walls of Jericho, which comes slightly before they kind of really defined, you know, power metal as we know it. Uh, Pale Folklore by Agalock before The Mantle. White Tomb by Outlaw of Plagues before Mammal. Um, maybe all of the pre-slaughter of the soul at the gates stuff, like Terminal Spirit Disease. Um, loads there. And uh, on to the last question here. 
uh, is Chris Beals Lacey says, with the sun out, what are the best summer albums? And this I would just say, that is a question for our summer album roulettes that uh, I'm sure we'll be bringing back, you know, sooner rather than later. So speaking of that, very place. Uh, we've still got our album club pack there where we spoke about Nine Inch Nails, The Broken EP, Baroness Yellow and Green, The Hotelier, Satyricon. We've still got, uh, as mentioned as well, the, the four-hour Oathbreaker special where we gave a definitive critical history of one of the greatest heavy bands of our lifetimes. Over the summer, we will be bringing back the roulettes. We will be bringing back the A to Z of Awful. We have just opened up a poll over there as well for patrons with a handful of band special considerations that we have. And people have been voting, giving us an idea of what band specials we are going to be undertaking in the second half of 2023 also. So you can go and take a look at that. Next up there for this weekend is recording our TNM Does Horror episode on the works of one Ariaster, which... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if many of you have actually seen Bo is Afraid because the the wider you know talk around it has been understandably I think very lessened compared to the wildfire successes of Hereditary and Midsummer. But part of that is that you will never see a fucking movie like it again, and we are going to go all in on why, and at the same time give the full deep dive treatment to hereditary and midsummer those earlier two movies that we have given i feel like this is going to be our longest like if you thought the um robert eggers one was long well, this could I, be our i don't know i, I put him in a similar ballpark you know we, we did this treatment for the witch and everything we've done it for get out and and, and nope and us and we're going to try and gauge why these movies have become like the poster children of modern horror so that is at patreon.com slash that's no metal releases for this friday it's a very small week this week which is a good thing because every big band released their album last week and i've still not got round to fully listening to all of them i mean i just feel i need to catch yeah. up from last or, week the um einar thingy from Leprous. i still want to check that yeah, out yeah uh, right? the events album is fucking the events of what i was fucking yeah, trying to wrap my head around that it's crackers in it um to be discussed in our upcoming reviews but uh today the big one that we probably will be reviewing in the upcoming episode as well is godflesh's purge their first record in i think six years i'm excited to do godflesh the other one that i would really recommend and shout out is there's a death metal band called torture rack which is a fucking brilliant name um but they're a good band Hard. very heavy very evil uh their record's called primeval onslaught elsewhere uh scar symmetry have come back with the singularity phase two zenotaph phase one i believe came out in 2014 so the most protracted pairing of albums um that you probably don't need has ever been <laughs> never really been interested in scar symmetry i saw them once at bloodstock they were all right yeah just alive, you know very okay european metal but you know they are back uh in hardcore there's gelled uh which is like gel but with a d on the end it's to get even more fucking confused about all the hardcore yes. one word <laughs> names around um but this is on relapse records and i checked a bit out and it sounds really like hyper aggressive and, and gnarly uh the record is called currency slash castration um for some kind of slightly uh experimentally you know heavier sludgy stuff there's a band called johnny the boy and now i think it's just called you uh more psychedelic you know stonery fair there's black rainbows super skull and a couple of eps uh super bloom life's a blur who are one of the better kind of you know sort of grungy alternative rock bands around really liked that album from was it last year or two, years, it was two years ago time is a blur uh, this like, EP, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought this EP has like quite a lot of tracks on it. They're just you know short tracks, so there might be a decent yeah. helping of Super to check out. Uh, and also an EP from Glass Casket, who are like a, a deathcore band, not one of the newer deathcore bands, but a returning deathcore band from uh, many a year ago uh, with an EP that they have got out as well. So check those out. That's it from us this time. Next week there may not be a hyperblasts. What we are hopefully going to have is a download review episode we will have to talk to elliot when he gets back about when he can do it but that is what we are aiming to have come your way next 
which is exciting because we haven't done a download episode every single year of late but it's lovely to get to do that for you know the biggest event ever the 20th anniversary show hear all about metallica twice you know that feels right if they are ever able to get out of the car park queues and make it back to us so we've been that's not metal we'll see you soon hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.